He thrusts his fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghosts. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of my think tank. And today we are getting a little creepy in here. We are going to be talking about everything it today. Because after seeing it chapter two and with it being a huge week for Stephen King with the release of it chapter two and his new book, The Institute, which I'll definitely be covering in another episode because it is phenomenal so far. I decided that we would do an entire mini episode on it. So stay tuned. Adventure Geeks, Eric here bringing you episode 2 of my think tank, where this week we'll all be floating. Well, I talk about everything It by Stephen King. If you guys aren't horror fans and you don't want spoilers for any of these mediums, I would suggest not listening to this episode until you get your shit together and do that. So I will be covering... Everything from the old TV series to the new movies to the glorious book. So, and yeah, stay, be warned, this will go into spoiler territory for everything that has come out on this book. So I'll give you guys a couple seconds if you want to turn back. Alright, so, it. By Stephen King, I think, is one of the greatest works in the horror period. Um, the movies have certainly done it justice. Obviously, it's not as good as the the book because rarely anything is. There's only a very few examples of movies that are better than the books. But the basic synopsis for the for everything is that it's a story that follows the experiences of seven children. So it's Eddie, Richie, Bill, Bev, Mike, Ben, and Stan, who are considered the Losers Club. And it follows them as they are being terrorized by an evil entity that exploits the fears and phobias of its victims to disguise itself while hunting its prey. And it also it's also important to note that while they are running from this deity that usually takes its form in a clown they also have to deal with the problems of emerging adulthood and bullies and trying to fit in so i think outside the dark tower series which if you guys haven't read that it's i think the greatest book series i've ever read and probably has ever been published it's another stephen king work um, it is one of 
the best books for the simple reason that he brings a lot of humanity to such a cosmic and supernatural horror story. So, uh, of course, the clown is a prominent force in each of the, the mediums, but the thing that truly brings it to the forefront for me was the focus on adolescent problems for the Losers Club. And like I said earlier, the Losers Club is what the seven kids call their little group. And a lot of the problems that they face are so relatable to kids going into middle school and high school. And that that is like trying to fit in, fending off bullying. And even in the book, they really focus on the emerging problems of puberty and in the main also the the loss of childhood innocence throughout the story is a huge a huge key aspect to it because not only are they dealing with the clown but as they see more and more stuff is either whether it's violence or or getting these like new sexual feelings toward the opposite sex or even they they even bring up um uh same sex stuff like uh homophobic stuff and they start to realize too that the clown is also really messing with the town and their parents are getting affected so they really try to rely on one another to get them get themselves through it which falters back and forth as the plot really develops. And one one interesting aspect that the movies and the book does really well is that it does have a time jump. So it jumps from the summer of 57 to 58 where the kid the kids are um young to the summer of 1984-85 where they're older so the whole aspect is that the clown comes back every 27 years throughout the entire history of Derry Maine so it's it's been like a benefactor well not so much benefactor but a critical it makes a critical impact on a lot of historical things that happen through in the town's history so one of them was uh, the burning of one of the buildings, one of the factories in Derry that in the movie and even in the book has an effect on Mike because his parents died in that fire. And then there was the the Easter egg hunt and stuff like that where the kids were going to find these Easter eggs and, and getting killed by the clown. And... He, and not it take the take the the clown pennywise away and stephen king really puts a lot of horror into the even the people in the town there's a lot of racial and religious bigotry in it so there's a lot of problems with racism and um people being homophobic like for example racial stuff happens with Mike because he is black and and the bully uh what's his name Hofstetter no 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 yeah yeah he's one of them but uh Henry Bowers there you go that's the main one he like in the 
in the movie, uh, the newer movie, rather, he uh, is racist towards him, throwing cigarettes at him, getting him to, telling him to get out of his town because he doesn't belong. So a lot, a lot of what you would, like, see in, like, even in, more so in the South in that time period. And then you have um, when they jump to the adult section of the book. Because they interweave it back and forth. Uh, when you get to one of the first sections in the book, the town, there's a couple kids that end up playing a part in the murder of one a member of a gay couple. And he, like, gets thrown off the bridge by some of the bullies. And then the, the, the kid who ended up in the river gets eaten by the clown. And it's... It's re- it really kind of drives a lot of central problems in America's history home. <clears throat> but um, there's a lot of differences between the movie and the the book. I almost thought... It, it Chapter 2, the second movie, I thought really was very close to beating out the book because they... They added a few really cool aspects that weren't in the the book. So, like, they... I don't... I, don't, I have to... I'll tiptoe around some of it, but... There's a lot of interesting character development with Richie, especially. With the whole homophobic thing. They make him um, question, even as a kid, because they added new scenes as for the kids in the new movie. Where... Richie was unsure of his sexuality, and it plays a bigger role uh, in the plot moving forward. And then the whole thing with Eddie and him getting over his fears and everything. Uh, The only thing I didn't find that they did justice in the second movie was uh, Beverly. She She was kind of a flat character, and or static character and didn't really get a whole lot of character development for her. Um, because in the book she has a huge like altercation with her husband at the time. Her her husband was like her father and that's kind of one of the cool connections that they make in, in the book where she's like almost got her own Oedipus complex where her father was like, a dickhead like he he would like harass her and and there were like connotations where he might may have been sexually assaulting her and she ended up marrying a guy that was kind of like him and also was um assaulting her and they didn't really they brought him in for one scene in the the new movie but that was it like but in the book, he comes back on more than one occasion as a driving force to, like, make her become this independent, badass woman. So there was that. But overall, It Chapter 2 is really good. One of the things I really was shocked about the two newer movies, and a little bit in the um, the TV miniseries, which I haven't even discussed yet it it was okay but budget issues certainly didn't um do it justice uh one of the cool things 
the more creepy things that I wasn't expecting in the newer movies is that they were really not afraid to kill the kids on screen. So, like, you have Georgie in the first one who stuck his arm in the sewer and got it bitten off, and you saw, like, the stub and everything. And then in the second one, again, spoilers, Bill was trapped in... Uh, oh, sorry, adult Bill was trapped in one of those... Um, those mirror houses and, and that they have at the circus... And he was trying to save a kid from being killed by the clown. And Pennywise ended up trapping him in like this glass box and made him watch as he devoured this kid that he was supposed to be protecting. And that's a, that was another shining point in, in that movie was Bill's character development and how Pennywise really centralizes on his failure to save Georgie and he kind of toys with him saying oh he should have saved this kid too and this kid it's all on you it's all your fault if you were there he would have been saved so it was like it really drove that parental aspect home where like you should be able to do anything for your kids I mean even though they weren't his kids it still had that feel to it sorry guys hold on And and the whole, you know, I think one of the even bigger bad guys that other than Pennywise was the parents in, in the films. Like, they were just almost just as bad. Bill's parents, as soon as Georgie died, neglected Bill. He kind of really didn't exist in their eyes after Georgie died. And then uh, Bev's dad, of course, was abusive Eddie's mom was overprotective and, in my opinion, creepy. And then, I don't think they... Richie's parents don't even really get involved. Richie was just kind of a shit, but it was glorious the way they did Richie. The Finn Wolfsbane, the kid who plays Richie, was phenomenal and witty and kind of a dick, but hilarious. And uh, for those of you who don't know, he's also, he plays Mike on Stranger Things, which is kind of funny because it's an, <laughs> it's a completely different role than what he plays in it. They're like polar opposites. And then you have Mike's absent parents. And, and they, it, again, it's just like they really kind of make the parents almost more of a villain than... Pennywise and that kind of brings around the fact that in the book the entity of Pennywise because he's not just a clown he's like this demon from outer space demon or entity alien whatever um in the book it Stephen King does a phenomenal job of really making him an atmospheric threat so in other words, like, he's an environmental influence on the town, so he really intensifies the negative aspects of that, of dairy, so that, like, he doesn't have to do all of the work all the time, so for uh, a really big example of that, and the movie kind of did, did it justice, was with Henry Bowers, 
he kind of recruits Henry Bowers as his like um, lure. So he used him to lure the kids into the sewer, basically, or to one off some of the, some of the kids so that he wouldn't have to deal with all of them. And the guy who plays Henry Bowers, hold on. Did he 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 was really good. Um, the one thing that kind of both the uh, movies and the books didn't do is like as a kid bully Henry Bowers was good, but as an adult he was kind of just thrown in there. His his real interesting parts in the book where he was breaking out of the psychiatric thing was cool, but other than that he really didn't do a whole lot. His purpose as an adult really wasn't very big. It almost seemed like a side plot that was kind of unfinished. But uh, Henry Bowers in the movie, the newer movies, was played by... uh, I just had it too. Give me a... Second, guys, sorry. Oh, this is usually easier to find. There we go. A chapter one, cast and crew. Uh, Nicholas Hamilton. So he did a really good job playing the bully. And then, of course, uh, the cast in general was really good. Um, I just thought the writing in the second one may have faltered with the characterization because they really kind of focused on Richie and Bill. Um, and then, of course, the darker aspects with Stan was shown beautifully, but it was the same in the book. And Stan doesn't really play a huge part in the adult section of the story because he commits suicide when he finds out the clown's back. The way that they do give him, like, a little, not so much a suicide note, but, like, a letter of appreciation for his friends that they read at the end, which is beautifully done and kind of wraps up his arc in a better way. But otherwise, he's kind of really left out in the adult plot. But everybody else was done well. Um, They do push Mike aside. Mike in the movie kind of was just there to bring everybody together and that was it he was kind of pushed to the side once bill and richie and ben and eddie came and bev so there wasn't a whole lot involving him other than they did this they 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 differentiated a little bit from the book where there's like a native american tribe in Derry, maine that originally had a ritual to defeat the clown and the the ritual's called um the what was it the ritual of chud which is a lot different in the book they it was weirder in the book because it was this whole thing where both the you have to hold the tongue of your enemy with your tongue and the enemy has to to hold your tongue and the first to like let go loses and dies so it was a little weird, and, and in the book it brings, because um, I believe it was Eddie who ends up fighting the clown and defeating it, but it brings him into, like, outer space where the where the clown originally came from, and they explain what the deadlights were and everything. And in 
the movie they took a different turn and the ritual didn't work and all of a sudden they were like almost shit out of luck until they realized that he has to the clown has to abide by the law of it has to take the size of the shape it it takes so they keep calling it like smaller names and the the clown ends up shrinking and shrinking into almost baby size and then I forgot who it was. I think it was Bill rips out Pennywise's heart and that's how the clown dies. But it leaves the whole like what are the deadlights thing still a mystery. So I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this ending. And that's kind of why I still hold the book to the best iteration of the story because while the ending's pretty wild when it they bring it into outer space and everything, the way they kill the clown is a lot better and uh, not as anticlimactic. So there's that there's there there are some like key things in the book too that they leave out of the movie as well for obviously fucked up reasons because in the book it really focuses home on puberty a lot more so there's a lot of uncomfortable things with with Bev and and even the group of bullies because there was like one part where uh, I'll, I'll I'll address the elephant in the story um so as part of the ritual of Chud, the the Losers Club decide that one of the important things to defeat the clown is emerging into adulthood. So they each take turns having sex with Bev, and they consider them adults afterwards. It's not... A lot of people say it's like an orgy, but it's really not, because they do go one at a time, and they do it, like, hesitantly, and it's it's not what you think it is. It's still weird, obviously, and a little uncomfortable to read, but... Um, that's certainly one of the things that they were obviously going to leave out anyway. Uh, the other one kind of explores like homophobic stuff and males like discovering their sexual organs. And I won't get too in detail because it does get really uncomfortable. I, that part I got so uncomfortable that I actually had to put the book down. And I was like, oh, maybe I should skip over these pages because it is weird. But um, there's also a lot of like really creepy aspects and really beautiful pieces that are put in the book that the movie doesn't um, even address. And I, the one thing that comes to my mind is there was a part where I forgot which kid it was. He was on the bridge in the wintertime. And he was viewing out as, like, snowflakes were falling and the fr- the la- the river or the lake was frozen. And you just see, like, something scatter across the ice. And then the clown turns into, like, some sort of zombie and reaches up on the bridge and tries to grab his foot. And it's creepy, but, like, the whole, like, f- like evil and, like, the peace and beauty aspect is really well done and I thought it was one of the stand standalone parts in the book that really shined and then there was some gruesome stuff too that was left out like there was um one of the bullies was eaten by uh 
he was devoured by the clown, but it took the shape of Frankenstein. So he like crushed the bully and then devoured him, and and it was just like, oh, this is like kind of crazy. I get, I get maybe why they didn't do it because there might be like uh, legal rights as to why they couldn't use Frankenstein because. I guess the character rights aren't with WB, but oh, it is one one like a couple last remarks though. Stephen King plays a beautiful cameo in It Chapter Two. He uh, ends up playing um, this pawn store owner that has Bill's bike because one of the cool parts of the movie is they all have to get like something from their past as a token to put in the ritual and bill goes to the pawn shop to find his bike because he thinks that's his token so he goes in to buy the bike and stephen king goes oh i recognize you you're a famous author which is funny because he is a famous author and bill goes over and asks asks him so how much for the bike and he goes well because you're famous it's three hundred dollars he goes all right fine like you're being a dick but i get it and then Bill goes over to buy the bike and sees that one of Bill's books is on his desk as if Stephen King were reading it. And he goes, oh, do you want me to sign that too? And Stephen King goes, nah, the ending sucked. I didn't like it. It was kind of shit. Which is also really funny because Stephen King is not really known for his endings. So it was almost like he was playing a joke on himself. So I was like, oh, this is this is perfect. Um, but yeah, and... Couple last things. Um, the TV series was okay. Uh, the one thing I, th- I think the miniseries did really well was it really showed how much effect the entity had on the town. I think more so than um, the newer movies because in the TV miniseries, as soon as the clown's dead. The entire, like, a lot of the town gets kind of destroyed. And it was more like that in the book, too, where, like, it only, it almost gave way because the clown wasn't there anymore. It's almost like the clown was, like, the the support, the evil support structure that was carrying the town. And then as soon as it's gone, everything kind of starts to crumble. And then I'm the the T, but again the TV miniseries obviously faltered because it did happen in what was it? It was a TV miniseries, so it obviously faltered through budget reasons, and it was in the '90s, so like CGI wasn't quite there yet. The acting was kind of, kind of like cringeworthy a little bit. Um, Tim Curry as the clown was pretty, pretty, pretty funny, pretty good. I still think that Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise in the newer movies, did a much better job. He was very creepy, and they even gave him a little bit of backstory in in the newer movie so that you could understand kind of where it came from. And what was it? My last thought. I had it too. Damn it. Um, I 
damn, I couldn't, I can't think. Um, oh, duh, one of the, like, my favorite things about this, this whole story, and it, it, and it was shown in each of the mediums, is how Stephen King brings about the idea of repressed memories. So, when the kids end up, like, defeating the clown for the first time and they move away, they kind of, they, the only one that remembers everything is Mike because he stays in the town, but all of the other loser club members forget about what happened, and that's kind of a, it's a little bit how repressed memories work, so, like, when a tragic event does happen in your childhood, you kind of tend to push it to, to the backside the back burner because the mind doesn't want to remember it and then when they when mike draws them back to defeat the clown for the final time they piece by piece remember everything that had happened to them and they're like oh shit like this is not okay and everything's coming back i'm starting to freak out and it and it's beautifully done because it almost brings the adults back into their childhood selves so it makes them more vulnerable and they have to think more to defeat the clown because obviously like if you have like normal adults there's an, there's like no the the clown has no chance because adults are a lot more brave and fearless and smarter than this this entity because it's so used to preying on children I think in the book it does end up killing some adults, but it's known for killing the kids in the town. But um, the way they use repressed memories is really well done. And um, oh, it's, it's relatively accurate to how it works in real life. It's definitely like uh, bumped up a bit in the effect that it has on how much they forgot because they ended up forgetting everybody. Like, Bill wouldn't remember any of the Losers Club, and, and none of the other Losers Club remembered him except for Mike because he stayed. And the whole thing was, I think, the farther away you moved from the town, the more you forgot. So, like, there's, like, a couple years that they almost end up end up forgetting, which is, like, pretty interesting to think about. And it's... The way Stephen King does each of the characters in general shows you that he put a lot of care into the development of each one, and each each character has its own insecurity that plays a bigger part in the story. So Bill is the loss of his brother and um, how it was hit his fault that Georgie died because he was sick that day and then the clown tries to convince him that he really wasn't sick he just didn't want to play with his brother that day and that's why he died and then Mike has to deal with the fact that he is a black a black kid in a racist town and then Bev being the only female in the group and how she was being molested and verbally abused by her father then you have Eddie, who um, he's kind of OCD and a germaphobe because his mom was overprotective with him. So he like really freaked out about a lot of um, things that could hurt him or make him sick. And then you have 
Richie Richie's more so in the the newer movie with his whole um sexual orientation uh cuz I don't rem- I don't believe that the book addressed Richie as being uh gay I think it was just in the newer movie that they brought about it but I could be wrong if you got if you guys find out please let me know um, or I'll just have to reread the book again. And then, did I leave anybody out? Oh, and then Stan. Stan was kind of the... I didn't even really mention Stan at all. Uh, Stan was kind of the one, I think, that in the kids section, he was terrorized more, I think, than the rest of the kids because um, he was always kind of withdrawn and you could tell that he was probably dealing with depression and fear the most may the only one that was probably more afraid was maybe maybe Eddie but they really used him well in the aspect that um he couldn't accept his past once he remembered it so he he did end up killing himself and there's like a open door there where um, he may or may not have been influenced by the clown to kill himself, or he really was that terrified and depressed that he would have to face it again, so he did it on his own. So that that's kind of one of the cool open ended thoughts that you that they bring about in the book and the movie. And I think that I have it all covered. Um, oh, they they even do a little bit with Henry, Henry Bowers, and because in in I think in both. He stand uh both iterations they play around with like the whole bullies usually have more pain because they were a they their their aggressive behavior usually comes from a a parental figure or another outside influence that he was like abused you could tell even in especially in the movie that his dad was a kind of abusive towards him so maybe that resonated with him to lash out at the the losers club that is until like he ends up killing his dad and then he gets put into the the psychiatric facility and he breaks out and is just at that point so hell-bent on destroying the losers club even though most of his issues come from his father um so that was he was interesting it's just Again, when he when he was an adult, it seemed like it was a force. Well, not so much force, but kind of a random side plot. Like in the movie, if they had left him dead after he fell down the well, that would have been a good. I think a good um, ending to his character arc. You didn't really need his adult part, but otherwise, he was he was pretty well done. And the actor and all three, or the actor and the two. The movie iteration and the TV series was done pretty well. So yeah, guys. Thank you again for listening. Stay floating. Um, don't be afraid to give us a, hit that subscribe button. Give us some comments. Let us know how we're doing because we honestly have no idea at this point. Um, we Our listeners are kind of up and down. So we would like to hear from you guys. See what you guys think see what 
we we really want to know what you guys think and what you guys want to hear about and if any of you want to actually be on the show so don't be afraid to reach out to us on our instagram or our facebook or just leaving us a comment on itunes it really helps it goes a long way so um thanks guys hope you guys have a lovely weekend sorry guys quick random um added segment i completely forgot about ben so ben ben's whole character arc dealt with obesity because he was the fat new kid in school so he got picked on for being new and not knowing anybody and then also because he was very fat so they show him more so in the book that he gets picked on so much even when he's away from the losers club with his weight that it it forced him into getting into shape and I believe his parents got involved too with calling him like lazy and fat and you really should get some physical activity in and everything so in and then in the movie it really shows um his evolution into being this like very fit very smart guy when he's an adult because even all of the the rest of the losers club was like wait is that ben he looks so good he's not he's not he's not like the pillsbury doughboy anymore over here and then it he had like an added like shyness to him where I think it was elevated because he was fat. He was hesitant to say anything to Bev because he really liked Bev, but he always kind of knew that she would never go for him because of his physical appearance. But he had, like, the most uh, romanticized character because he did write Beverly that little poem... And the entire film up until the end, Bev thought it was Bill because she was she had liked Bill a lot. She was more attracted to Bill. And then um, he ended up winning her in the end. But uh, it was the fact that like Ben was like the secret admirer and his shyness was probably more contributed to the fact that he was fat. And then as an adult, he gained a little more confidence. And when Bev finds out, they ended up, they ended up going back together. And briefly, I'm going to try to find what the poem on poem was. And it it was kind of that, like, whole, like, middle school, like, first crush sort of thing where you didn't really want to approach it, um, approach your crush directly, and you kind of wanted to slip it, uh, slip hints and, and get that crush wondering who it was and everything. So the poem, and he wrote it on the back, in the, in the book, it was on the back of a postcard of a lighthouse. And the poem was, your hair is winter fire, January embers, my heart burns there too. And she like was in love with the the poem almost immediately. And she kind of obsessed over it. And I believe in the new It Chapter 2 movie, it was her token that she went back and found for the ritual. 
and then in in the movie it was it was done not so much in the book but in the movie to kind of solidify Bev and Ben's eventual relationship Bev ends up saving Ben's life in one of these like pennywise scenarios where he's being buried alive and she's trying to be drowned in a bathroom stall and then they like reconnect and that's when she, that's when he basically tells her that it was him that wrote the poem and not Bill. And then she falls in love with him. And the movie ends with the two of them on Ben's boat. Because he now, as an adult, he's like rich because he's a famous architect. So he's in shape. He's He's got money. I, I think, I truly think that he was probably... The one that made it out the best, I think. I mean, Bill was Bill was pretty successful too as an adult. He was a famous writer that got his money off of his stuff being turned into films. So he was he was basically Stephen King in 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 the actual story. Uh, the only downside to him is I believe him and his wife didn't have the best relationship, and I believe in the in the book it was kind of muddled a little bit too but yeah the, this is the little added stuff that i forgot sorry guys gather ye rosebuds while ye may the latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem and i know what i have to do now Keep breathing. Because tomorrow the sun will rise. Who knows what the tide could bring?